would say perhaps the word that best describes the Christian life is the word faith. What do you think? What is faith? Faith means a trusting in and a reliance upon. Now, you can put your faith in anything. You can put your faith in a chair, right? You trust that if you sit in that chair, it's going to hold you up. You can put your faith in your car that it's going to get you to work. You can put your faith in your job that it'll be there when you get there. You really can put your faith in about anything that you choose to. But we're going to see in our study today the greatest direction for your faith. Where do you think it is? I would say God. The greatest direction of your faith is in God. We're going to read about a man in the Old Testament. Now, this guy had no reason by sight to trust God. And he's going to show us that when sight gives you no reason to have faith, trust God anyway. I like that. When sight gives you no reason to have faith, trust God anyway. We're going to open up the book of Habakkuk. Some people call him Habakkuk. That's okay. I don't know. I call him Habakkuk. All right. And uh, this man, we're going to find him pouring out his heart to God. And he's talking about the things that are happening to the nation of Israel. And they're not very good. So he says in Habakkuk chapter 1, will be in verse 2. How long, O Lord, will I call for help? And you will not hear. I cry out to you, violence, and yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and wickedness, they are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored. And justice, (laughs) it's never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, and therefore justice comes out perverted. Man, you know, sounds like America today, doesn't it? I'd say so. Did you ever see acts of violence or impurity that just make you cringe? And you wonder, what drives a person to do such a thing? Back in Israel, it was going on. Hey, it goes on today too. It goes on all over the world. Every once in a while, something perverse appears on social media. And you know what really bothers me? Are the Christians who laugh at that stuff and share it. It could be perverse dialogue, perverse jokes, perverse pictures. 
And, you know, I think social media really reveals where a person is with God. It really does. The stuff people put out there. So Habakkuk says, I cry to you, violence. Violence means oppression. False justice. How do you answer the question that he asked in verse 3? God, why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? You know, probably it's not for entertainment purposes. And it's a lot of wickedness. You know what? Here in America, it's on TV, it's in the movies, even in some music. And people see it as entertainment. But I wonder if perhaps God allows it for the purpose of revealing the wickedness of man. Oh, man can be wicked. Yes, he can. It begins in the heart. And it works its way outwardly in the actions. That's the truth sometimes we forget. That's why the heart is so important. In verse 4, he said, Therefore, the law is ignored. Injustice, it's never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, and therefore justice comes out perverted. I call this a societal sickness. When I read about that, and when I see it going on today, I'm like, I can't wait for the kingdom of God. I can't wait for Jesus to set up his kingdom, and there will be peace, and there will be justice, and there will be fairness. Why? Because the Lord will reign on the earth. But until that happens, Habakkuk is living in a bad society, and so are we. There is oppression, injustice, violence, wickedness. And see, when you look at a culture like this, it sends a real bad omen. Because it's very difficult for a believer in Jesus Christ to live in this kind of a setting. You know what the Bible says about Lot when he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah? That his righteous soul was tormented. I'm like, why didn't he move away? I, cause, probably because his wife liked it there. No, honey, I like it here. But he was tormented. Why? Because his soul was righteous. He didn't enjoy living there. Just like many of you don't enjoy the surroundings that are around us because of the, the wickedness and the perversion and the crime and the injustice. Maybe it's a picture of your own life. Maybe there are injustices in your life and it's making living very difficult for you. Your boss wants you to compromise your honesty. You know, sometimes the boss says, this is what I want you to do. And if you want to keep your job, you have to make a decision. Will I compromise or will I let him fire me or quit? It's it's pretty difficult. Maybe your family thinks you're carrying this Christian thing a little too far. It's what, 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 you going to church during the week? Who goes to church during the week? Why are you going to church during the week? You go on Sunday once in a while. That's enough. You don't have to go during the week. But you go, and they make it difficult for you. How much money did you give? Are you crazy? What? Because they don't understand. 
Maybe you met somebody online. A lot of, da- lot of online dating these days. So yeah. So you meet somebody online with the morals of the world. And you're trying to stay pure. And even in the Christian online meeting places, I understand there's a lot of fruitcakes out there too. Be careful. Oh yeah, there's fruitcakes and everything. Maybe physically, you just don't feel that good. Or relationally, you're lonely. Financially, you're struggling. Your career is on a slow track to nowhere. The point is, by sight, things don't look so great. By sight. So we get to Habakkuk chapter 3. Fast forward. Chapter 1, he's complaining about how perverse and wicked the society is. But now we jump to chapter 3. And I want you to note what Habakkuk said about his own situation. He names six categories of calamities. Wow. In verse 17, he said, Though the fig tree should not blossom, that's one, and there be no fruit on the vine, that's two, no grapes, and though the yield of the olive should fail, that's three, the olives aren't growing. And the fields produce no food. That's four. The crops aren't growing. And though the flock should be cut off from the fold. That's five. And there be no cattle in the stalls. That's six. So what's going on here? Habakkuk is looking at his circumstances by sight. The figs is a picture of Israel. Because Israel was the fig tree. But it speaks of Israel with no prosperity. The grapes always signified a vineyard, and a vineyard pictured a settled-down life. There was no settled-down life. Olive oil. The olives weren't growing. Olives or oil symbolized joy. Right, you get the joy of the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Spirit. There was no joy. The fields, the crops were drying up. Flocks of the foals. Out of the pen, no protection. So from the flocks they could have no food, no clothing, and not even any sacrifices. The cattle they were out of the stalls. They were gone. So Israel is in a state where everything natural has been taken away. Food, economy, and hope. Habakkuk. Now, he represents the kind of faith that became the norm for God's people. Oh, don't miss this. The faith of Habakkuk is the norm for God's People, you got to get that down because you know what? Most of us, we don't have this kind of faith. But this is the faith of the people of God. And here's what he said in verse 18. He named all those areas of life where they're struggling, right? The olives, the grapes, the crops, the cattle, you name it. Everything's suffering. But he said in verse 18, Yet I will exult in the Lord. 
I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Wow. In other words, everything, although everything is falling apart, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The English, the contemporary English version says, I will still celebrate because the Lord God saves me. I like that. He said in verse 19, The Lord gives me strength. He makes my feet as sure as those of a deer. And he helps me stand on the mountains. See, Habakkuk has a view of his restoration. For the man of God today, this same world, the world that we live in, is the world that Habakkuk lived in. It was a world standing on shifting sand. There was no concrete foundation for this world. The economy, nature, relationships, none of that is guaranteed. It's all shifting sand. Things are always moving, and they're always changing. And yet, we today have the same resources that Habakkuk had. And what is that? Faith. Faith, that's it. That is the cornerstone of the Christian life. The cornerstone are the stones at the end of the walls that join the walls together so the building could stand. If you took away the cornerstones, the building would fall down. So the cornerstones interlock, like if you interlocked your fingers and made a 90-degree angle, where the fingers touch, that would be the cornerstones. They hold everything together. That's our faith. Oh, and doesn't the Bible say Jesus is the chief cornerstone? So the resource that Habakkuk had, it's the same one we have, faith. And what does that mean? In spite of what sight tells us, we can trust God anyway. Faith is greater. Oh, here it comes. Faith is greater than sight. Do you think that way? That faith is greater than sight? Is that your frame of reference? See, the formula for survival in hard times is faithful humility. Faithful humility means I will trust God and I will wait to hear from Him to get the answer that I'm looking for. And perseverance is standing under the load, holding up. We are called by God to persevere. So Habakkuk, he makes this statement in chapter 2, verse 4, which is reiterated later on in the New Testament. And here's what he said. He's talking to all of you that are struggling, that are hurting. The righteous will live by faith. That's it. If you're righteous because of your relationship with Christ, you don't live by sight. You live by faith. And like I said, this shows up in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. He reminds us, you know what? This hasn't changed. No. It's always been like this for the people of God. 
He said in Romans 1.17, the righteous man shall live by faith. There it is. So in spite of what is happening, and in spite of what you're going through, if you want to get the victory, you have to trust God anyway. See, and I put that word anyway there on purpose. Trust him anyway. It doesn't look good. Trust him anyway. It doesn't sound good. Trust him anyway. It doesn't feel good. Trust him anyway. It doesn't look like it's working out for the good. Trust him anyway. Trust God anyway. I want to give you some great quotes from some great men. Job. Job was a great man, right? He's a righteous man. And you know what Job, Job said something like, man, this guy's really good faith. He said in Job 13, 15, though God slay me, I will hope in him. I'm like, what, Job? Job, who talks like that? Job does. Even if God kills me, I will still put my hope in him. He can do whatever he wants. He's already proven himself to me. Let me ask you, has God proven himself to you? Was his son crucified enough? Taking away all of your sins? Making you innocent where you were once guilty? Has God done enough for you that no matter what happens, you'll still hope in him? How about those three Hebrew characters? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they said to the king, O King Nebuchadnezzar, because they didn't want to do what the king wanted them to do. Nope. So they said, listen, king, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And then they said something else. They said, even if he does not deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I'm like, what? What do these guys say? They said, listen, king, God will deliver us from the fiery furnace that you're going to throw us in. But you know what? If he doesn't and if we burn up, that's okay too. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, look at these guys. These guys have faith. These guys have so much faith in God, it doesn't matter what happens to them on planet Earth. What matters to them is what happens in eternity. And they know in eternity they'll be with God. Wow. Solomon, King Solomon. He said, the, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous, oh, bold as a lion. Proverbs 28.1. Bold as a lion. Do you have that kind of boldness? Do you have the boldness that no matter what's chasing you, you can stand firm, you can stand strong, because you've got what? Faith. I mean, real faith, not baby faith. Not head knowledge, faith, but trust and reliance on God. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 10, I wonder how many people really believe this. He said, do not fear those who kill the body, 
but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him, capital H, who was able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So what's he saying? Don't fear people. They're your equal. Fear God. He's almighty. He's not your equal. Oh, he's a lot higher. Don't fear those that are equal to you. All they can do is destroy your body. Big deal. You'll be with God in heaven. Fear the one that can destroy the soul. Soul is a real you. That's what's going to live forever. That will live forever. Okay? So, after the message of Christ that Peter preached, you know what the people said? I like this. Because Peter, right? Here's a guy. He denied the Lord. said, I don't know the guy. Leave me alone. Who's Jesus? Who? I don't know him. And then the Holy Spirit got a hold of Peter. And something happened. And he preached this great message. And you know what the people said? They observed the confidence of Peter and John. And they understood that they were, oh, uneducated and untrained men. These guys are fishermen. But wait, they were amazed. And they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Where did their knowledge, where did their wisdom, where did their boldness come from? They spent time with Jesus. That's how. They didn't go to Bible synagogue. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't study under Gamaliel. They were fishermen. But they were transformed. Why? Because they spent time with Jesus. See, here's the point today. Circumstances do not have to dictate your moods or your attitudes. No. That's walking by sight. Let faith rise up in your heart. Because you're putting your faith in the only one who can really keep you steady in the storm. Anything else you put your faith in, you put your faith in your job. It might not be there when you get there. You put your faith in your car. That engine could fall apart. You put your faith in finances. They could be gone in a second. You can even put your faith in your physically fit body, and that body can just crumble. There's only one place we can we can put our faith and will never be let down. It's to the one who loves us and died for us and offers us eternal life. It's the Lord Jesus. So remember this. The righteous one does not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Sight will always cause you to fear. Sight will scare you. But we rise above sight with a different perception. See, sight is a perception, but faith is a perception. Which one do you think is going to see you through? Uh, Well, you know the answer. Faith will always see you through. So let's thank Mr. Habakkuk. Mr. Habakkuk, everything was falling falling apart around you. Everything. You had no reason to hope by sight. 
But then your faith kicked in. And you said, you know what? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Isn't that the best thing to do? Rather than murmur and complain, rejoice. He said, I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Oh, don't miss that word, salvation. He's rejoicing in the fact that God did the greatest thing for him. Yeah, maybe the cattle ran out of the barn. Maybe the olives are drying up. Maybe the crops aren't growing. Maybe the grapes are shriveled. But his soul has been saved. He's rejoicing in something eternal. Even though that which is temporal, eh, it's on shifting sand. It's not that lo- not looking that good. But that which is eternal, it looks beautiful. It's perfect. It can't get any better because he knows the God of his salvation. And we have to know that God. That's why you keep looking at the cross. Keep looking. And the more you look at that cross, the more you'll delve into the love of God and be reminded how much he loves you. Go on YouTube. Listen to the songs about the cross. Almighty cross. Lead me to the cross. Songs that talk about the love of God and the shed blood of Jesus Christ that atone for all of our sins. You know, we have to keep going back. We have to keep going back to what's eternal and to what's real. And that's faith in God for who He is and what He's done for us. That's the life changer. Oh, that's the life sustainer. Sight won't sustain you. Faith will. And how do you get more faith? Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So that's why we have the Hope Club podcast. So you can go back, you can hear the Word of God anytime you want. Hear it in the morning on the way to work. Hear it on the way home from work. Hear it at lunch. Hear it before you go to bed. Whatever is always there for you. The Hope Club podcast. Why? Because we want to build your faith. We don't want you to walk by sight. We want you to walk by faith. And no matter what's going on, rejoice in God, your Savior. Thank you, Mr. Habakkuk, for giving us that lesson today. 